Welcome, listeners, to Dark Tides, a paranormal actual play podcast. I am your host, show creator, and narrator, Aubrey Lydon. With me this week, as they are every week, because this is the show, is Chester Lydon and BJ Ingate, our stars. Hi. And I have to have my obligatory comment at the beginning of every episode before I get into my intro or BJ gets into his. I have to say my zany thing. Okay, yeah. What's your What's your comedic relief this week, Chester? Communism. Uh, I could. You, I see you are reading from a small booklet in which you have been writing all of these. Zany. Yeah, of course. I, I have to. Have, I keep, what's keep that, everything What's recorded. that next one say there? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can't read his own writing. Well, I it's, guess. Listen, man. Running, this is the ah, improv, my, folks. My microphone. I had. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Budapest isn't a real t- city or something. <laughs> well, you see. Hi everyone, my name is It's been so long since BJ, I read uh, Superpower I Interrupted, I can't even come up with some fake information about it. A 21-year-old emo with a fondness for chocolate milk by the name of Alistair Stern. Mm. His best friend's back from the dead, and he's taken a break from the super-secret government organisation that studies weird stuff. Uh, hi, my name is Chester, I play Ernest. He's a boy, he's a man, he's a child, he's a watchman, he's a lord. A He's myth. a man-child? He's a man-child, a lord of myth and a lion, and an earnest. Mm. He's, uh, he's a bit tired. He's been up late. Let me give you a little fun fact about Ernest. Ernest has been very experimental in the past two weeks. He's realized he's conformed so much of his life to rules and regulation and fitting in with particular things, so he's expanding his horizons. Right. Today, this morning, he offered Alistair a smoothie. Wow. And the smoothie smelt like iron. You were yeah. fairly sure there was raw meat in it. Did Alistair take it? I guess I guess he would have... Would Alistair have taken it? He would have... Yeah, he would have, because he's trying to be more accepting yeah. as well. He's put and like... like, building friendships. He's like, this smells horrible. You know that, right? So, ingredients-wise, it would have been oats, soy milk, because mm-hmm. he's like, trying different things. He doesn't need to not drink milk. He's just like, yeah. I'm trying different things, seeing different Alistair perspectives. Alistair really hopes it was a lot of spinach. Yeah. So, it was like, oats... Soy milk, some spinach, of course, some kale, and then just different vitamins, like from the little jars, just little <laughs> vitamin pills put in there. <laughs> some berries. Oh, yeah. And then minced meat. Uh-huh. That's what Nutrigrain was always about. You know, iron, all that type of stuff. It's yeah, got to right. be good. So he made that this morning and immediately offered it to Alistair. It's like, hey, man, give, give this a, a try. <laughs> just to see if you keel over and then I'll... Either we'll have a sip or won't. It's like, look, if you can survive living on what you've been living on, you can survive anything. Alistair drinks it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I he really drink. liked it. It's like, mm, very meaty. It's like, it's like a you, stock. Can you make me another one of those sometimes? It's like good. bone broth. Oh, absolutely, Ernest has been into bone broth and has oh, now yeah. switched from salt to MSG. He doesn't use salt Which anymore. Which apparently, according to, you know, Chester, the most... Um, re- reliable source of anything medical uh, Markiplier mm. Apparently the whole conspiracy Against MSG was A hoax I would say that but I actually did do that I ordered some MSG and I've been using yeah. it way more Every meal I've had like MSG in I've had stomachache after Every <laughs> single one of them Why did you order MSG? I ordered a lot of MSG <laughs> <laughs> This happened? 
I ordered this from sounds, eBay. This sounds like an like an Ernest fun fact. This I, is real life, Chester. I can bring the packets up here. They're little small packets. They look like cocaine. They're small little packets. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what you actually. I mean, it tastes good, but it hurts. The web. <laughs> the website was like, yeah, MSG. Yeah. Man, some cheap cocaine, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, well, Alistair fun fact. Um, here's one that I thought of very briefly while Chester was giving his boat fun fact for the last episode. Alistair is the reason why there is no hang gliding <laughs> on Hook Bar. I really think I should need to revoke you guys doing fun facts. What was wrong with mine? Hers was fine, but BJ's. <laughs> Where this is heading is exactly where Ernest Swan was heading, which was bad. I'm imagining Alistair and... with a hang glider and roller skates <laughs> going down the main street. Uh, I'm imagining Alistair with a BB gun and... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know Just if I like shoot... that. BJ, <laughs> like BJ. shooting okay. holes BJ, don't the... tell us the truth. Yeah, no, you know what I'm going to do? For the sake of time, but also for the sake of mis- Mysterious, all I'm going to tell you is that Alistair is the reason why hang gliding was banned on the archipelago before it even started. Mm. And that's it. That's all you're getting. It's like the killing joke. If I'm going to have a backstory, I at least want it to be multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> a shout out for this week. What has Aubrey been listening to recently? What's he been doing? What's been happening? Uh, He's been listening to the Dark Tunes I haven't, playlist actually. I don't on listen to that. Spotify. Sorry, what was that? Did you say the Dark Tunes playlist on Spotify? Yeah, so the Dark Tunes playlist on Spotify is the music from Dark Tides and also a heap of other music that is fits with the theme of Dark Tides and all that type of stuff. It's a playlist. You can check it out. Just search up Dark Tunes. Two words, capitals on both of them. So are you saying that if you need a podcast to listen through... Uh, <laughs> if you need a wow. podcast to listen to, you listen should listen to, Dark to Tides. No, you should listen to Camp Here and There, a podcast I've been really enjoying, made by Mayfield and Belove. They are again one of those sort of more short form, kind of twenty minute uh, audio drama series that's set um, in a very very bizarre summer camp. The narrator and and kind of main character is the uh, the camp nurse, and she gives all the morning announcements. So the show consists of like. Uh, the breakfast announcements, the lunch announcements, and like the nighttime announcements, oh, that's cool. and then her private, like, recorded audio diary afterwards. It's a lot of fun. It's very crazy and all over the place with very bizarre sort of happenings and goings-ons. Last thing, I just want to point out, you always make a point of when you, whenever you're recommending a show, you say the name of the show and who it was made by, which I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, if people ever do that for our show, it'll just be, my recommendation is Dark Tides, made by... Dark, Dark times. We are thinking about actually having like a, a production company name or something because, you know, in the future we might want to make other shows, um, in which case it can't be like Explore the Universe by Dark Tides. Uh, Dark Tides that, by Dark Tides. Yeah, it's <laughs> sounds like Beats a perfume Dre. ad. <laughs> uh, so we might come up with one. But yes, um, yeah. for the shows that do have a production company name, I try to give them. Um, but yes, you can Good. find... You can find uh, camp here and there, just about anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can find Mayfield and Beloved on Patreon. They have their own Patreon page, and you can find stuff. Dark Tides on Patreon at patreon.com. BJ, I'm plugging other people's shows. Stop trying to like. I'm or, plugging other people's shows. This I is don't our write this show, stuff. Aubrey. Yeah, which means plug, plug, plug. plug. Ninety minutes of it is like our stuff. I can do two minutes of that plugging someone else's because I like their show. But also, but also, if you like this show, head over to Patreon.com. Camp here and there. But also. 
Let's let's jump right in. I listen to 15 hours of podcasts a week, guys. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a job that allows me to listen to whatever I want just about all the time. That's true. It's you heard it here nice. first. Aubrey has a problem. Mr. Pop. <laughs> Late afternoon in the archipelago of Hook Bar. The sun is dipping into the oranges, pinks, and purples of evening, reflecting out on the water and the sky. The bustle of the small town is sort of quieting down. Some of the shops are preparing to close, others are uh, hanging on for that last little bit of foot traffic from the docks as workers clock off. Alistair Stern is uh, making his way downtown, walking fast, faces pass. Uh, as he is heading, <laughs> as he is uh, heading, and I miss for... you. <laughs> he's he's skipping songs on his. Like... <laughs> Won't skip right. So Alistair, plan, he you know he's been working throughout the day, maybe doing some sideline research stuff for Tear, uh, and he and Ernest have decided they were going to catch up for dinner at Ernest's little office above the Indian restaurant. So Alistair is walking down. He's got his headphones in. He's listening to. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he is holding a paper takeaway bag from Guzman. <laughs> he's <laughs> Guzman. He's bought some burritos. He's excited about it. Uh, you know, he got Ernest to text him his order, and he walks like walks up to the to the restaurant around the side. He's about to you know, he's about to walk into the alleyway. Bring, bring. Uh, yep. I uh, just bring. gotta uh, put the oh I got headphones. He just pushes the headphone button. I love that hey, canonically. Man. Alistair's the like ringtone is my voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring, bring. And also in the day episode, canonically yours buzzes and you say bring, bring <laughs> when your phone is ringing. Uh, he answers. Uh, it is Heath. Oh. Heath. Hi. Uh, uh, oh, uh, hello. Alistair. Alistair. Oh, oh. Puck, give me the phone. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Alistair, hello. I'm putting you on speaker. Heath, hi. Hello. Hi, is Puck there as well? Ah, uh, she's left. Oh, she's coming back. No, no, she's gone. She heard I was calling you and she left. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, What's so, up? Uh, well, I was just calling. Um, I, well, boy. Uh, so, how are things going there? Well. I haven't heard very much. I just know you left and uh, was given a bit of a breakdown that got a call and then yep. left. Well, okay, let me give you a summary. My friend's alive, or not dead anymore, is more accurate, so that's great. Uh, there was a really big bat as well. Uh, we, we tried to keep a low profile, and then we ended up, you know, rescuing a sleepy machine from a mad 12-year-old. Uh-huh. It's just, it's been two weeks and I haven't heard from you. Yeah, yeah, look, it's it's been good being home and, and stuff. I got those research papers done, by the way. I did email them to you um, just uh, oh. about 20 minutes ago. Oh. Pack! Pack! I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to access my emails. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you figure that out. You how are things going at your end? Oh, actually, that reminds me. The gun came back. Yes. Uh, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. Heath! Is that Alistair? Oh, no. You didn't say... Okay, yep. Ah! 
Ah, uh, is this on speakerphone? That's good. Alistair, it's Warwick. Mr. Warwick. It's Warwick. Mr. Warwick. Can you hear me? Hi, Mr. Warwick. Ah, there he is. I heard you say gun. How is that going? It's going. Yep. That is what guns do. They, sh yeah, they shoot stuff. All right. I was just saying, you know, I had my, my gun, you know, my 9mm. I was doing some target practice. Ah, small caliber, yes. Yep. Anyway, I'm about to have dinner, so... Ah, uh, it's breakfast time here. Okay. I'll, t I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute, Wiki. Okay. And he's going like, you can hear All him like right, shuffling away with the phone to like a different room and closing the door. Uh, listen, Alistair, so, yeah. uh, that's, that does complicate things a little bit. Uh, things are ever-evolving here, Alistair, uh, ever-evolving. Um, I am okay. working quite hard on buying you time. Okay. Tia wasn't really expecting you to pop off so quickly. It was mostly due to Charlotte and McAllister having such a close relationship with you that you were able to leave it all. Um, sure, and I there were there were I do plans in it. the process, and there is pressure from the rest of the board and on me to bring you back. And okay. if anyone was to find out, so you said the gun came back. Yeah, when I was in danger. I say in danger. I was fine. I, maybe it thought I was in danger, and it came back. Um, I went to pull out my knife, and it wasn't my knife. Not that I was in combat or anything. <clears throat> well, I mean, pulling out your knife in a situation like that would be pretty stupid. Just go with your fists. Yep. You, don't, you don't want to give them that opportunity while you're reaching for your weapons. Just go with your fists out. No, I will see. I was trying to, I was trying to de-escalate. Uh, I was trying, trying to go for the intimidation. You were de-escalating by pulling out the knife. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. That's when you do pull out a gun and just say, hey... Yeah, but it was a it was a child. In our line of work? Uh, well, I won't get into that, Alistair. What you do on your own time is, is your business. But just remember, just do, do what I would do. Don't do what Puck would do. Uh, I, I never do. Yeah, well, good. most of the time. It's just pressure is mounting here, Alistair. There has been reports of more thefts and more sightings of the man in the mask. Right, so, I see. Okay. The board but, is getting antsy about you being away for so long and them not you, having answers about the gun. Are you sure that having the gun removed from the situation in Europe is a bad thing? I mean, but you're they, also removed from the, from the from safety tier. hand yeah, of okay. Tia. Well, look, I've, I really appreciate you letting me coming and, and seeing Ernest. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I've been keeping myself busy, but, like, I can, I can come back. Like, if... If you need me no, to come, no, I'll, I'll I, come back. Coming back now would be suspicious. I can buy you another week or so, Ali. But, um, yeah, I just thought I'd touch base with you because it's... Things aren't great here. And well, I can come back now. No, like, no, there's, no, no, there's nothing no. tying me here. But now, to come back now is to send a message of things happening. And we have to be prepared for you to reveal more about this gun what the board will decide. I don't want so staying... half of my team locked up a tier for the foreseeable future. I want to manage this. So staying here for a bit longer is better? Better, yes, but do try to avoid situations like Maybe Warwick was right. I don't want him to hear that. Uh, I can hear him coming through. Uh, Did somebody say I was right? I mean, I've been I've been sitting down getting those reports ready and I'm, I've just got Guzman. So, you know, things are pretty easy here. Don't worry. That's good. That's that's what's important. But, Call uh, me if there's any developments. I will. I will. 
Right. Be safe. Be good. I will. Thanks, Heath. Right. See you, boy. Uh, you look up and see that Ernest's like, window that he climbs through is closed and ladder is up. Okay. His bike is parked on the street, but... Uh, well, I will look up the window, look down at the Guzman bag, and I'm like, I was on the phone for a bit. Um, yeah, and he's going to open his burrito and start eating it <laughs> and then walk back out into the street. All right, you walk out back onto the street, and as you survey... Uh, the street, you see the foot traffic is dying away. There's a few people kind of heading towards the restaurants or the pubs. It's getting close to dinner time. There's maybe another hour of light left. But as you look up the street, you can see uh, about 100 metres or so up the street, you do catch the telltale f- uh, flare of yellow of Ernest's yep. raincoat. There he is. Outside of Mantifuel's Antiques and Oddities. Ooh. Uh, and you can see from body language... Uh, you can see tense shoulders and arms sort of gesturing violently at the door in frustration. Ernst is gesturing quite wildly. You bastard. Every time I look away... You just see into your field of vision, just like a paper takeaway bag, just appears in front of you. He pauses, breathes, turns to you. I got dinner. Yes, Alistair, come with me. He's going to like lead you across the street as like points at his bike and like look at the mirror, look at the mirror. Okay. Look through the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yep. Through the mirror, you can see Dagon's shop. Yep. He's like points at the door. He's like, what do you see there? Uh, I don't know. It's a shop. It's the sign says open. The sign says open. Now, and he like turns you around and like points at. And it says closed. But it's swinging slightly. It's, it's swinging quite slightly. It's like, now back. Turns you to it. It's like, and who's that behind the desk? There's Dago. Turns you back around. And where is he? <laughs> he is avoiding me. Very strangely. I mean, he did kill you. Kind of. Somewhat. He's going to he's going to pull his burrito out, which is a completely different burrito than the one he asked you to get a few days ago. It is like half avocado, and the rest <laughs> is like chicken liver. Don't I think it's like I'm trying different things. That's good. Oh, I respect that. God. I mean, this already for me is a bit of a departure, but it's good. I like it. You mean food? Yeah, ha, funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm annoyed. He's going to start walking back across the street, cars honking, as he just walks into traffic to get to the other side. All right, he's going to go after you. He's like, maybe we can trick him somehow into opening the door. Does he know me? Ernest, like, Does he knows up to... Oh, I guess he just saw us together. Yeah, Damn! Yeah, he just saw it. He's going to, like, look oh, through the glass. Worked. I was like, I'd ask Quinn Dex to do something, but last time they had anything to do with Dagon, it didn't end well. Uh, Make a perception check for me, Ernest. <laughs> five. All right, with a, with a five, um, you catch sight of a full-length mirror inside the shop, and as you, like, shuffle to the side, you angle yourself, you can see in the mirror reflecting from this angle. It's a very extreme angle. You can see the desk, and you can see Dagon <laughs> behind it. Only in the reflection of the mirror, you're like looks turns his head like looks at you and then does that thing where he's like walking downstairs behind <laughs> behind the desk uh, yeah, Ernest but he does, he's too tall to get quite low enough so the top of his head is still visible Ernest grits his teeth is like mystical bastard stay here Alistair starts backing away there's got to be a back door 
and he's gonna go and try and find the back of the shop. Just like holds his hands shop. up and is like, "Do you want to break into possibly a wizard's place of business? It could be unlocked. Make it a roll could, for it me, could be. Alistair. Okay, that's a ten. Ooh. All right, uh, you walk around the back. There is uh, a door." Very scuffed and heavy with the bins out the back. Um, there's kind of a little bit of a parking space behind, but no car or anything. Okay. Uh, experimentally, you try the handle and you find it's unlocked. I would like to open the door. Right. You open the door and it opens kind of into shadow. And as you step inside, uh, you hear the ding of a bell and you step back into Guzman. You have just stepped back into the Guzman shop. As you turn around, you are inside Guzman. Ernest, okay. Ernest walks hold, along hold the street and like looks down. He's like, Alistair? And he's going to start walking towards the door as well. And he's going to hold it open and like peer into it. Alistair? Dagon? I know you can hear me. I'm not mad. I'm just livid. I'm beyond mad. I would like to have a talk with you about the cube. I want to understand where you got it from. I will have that conversation with you. At some stage, probably when you want to have that conversation. Probably not when I want to. I feel like that's when how this works. Anyway, where's Alistair? At this point, you hear footsteps quite hurriedly behind you. And as you turn, you see Alistair, like, very determinedly sprinting towards the doorway. And he's like, this time for sure! And I'm going to sprint through the door at top speed. This is going to rummage in his uh, coat and pull out a, a little notepad and a pencil, and he's going to scribble his number and say, "Call me." And he's going to push it under, like, into the door. And he's like, "Okay, I'm done." And he's just going to start storming up the street and just go back towards his place, like, "Alistair, where are you?" Hey. He's the other way up the main street. <laughs> Coming back. Uh, Erst will go over to his, um, basically his ladder and use a coat hanger that he's like bent out of shape to hook onto the ladder and pull it down. It's like, Alistair, step into my office, please. <sighs> well, we've determined one thing. It's not fixed. The destination's not fixed. First time sent me to Guzman. Second time... Oh, I'm getting lightheaded. Yes, cool. Thank you. And he's going to step through his window into the, the hallway and walk to his office. Well, we've proven that uh, Dagon's a jerk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the door opposite your, your office swings open uh, and Davo is, is sitting in there. with It's like a completely empty room just filled with equipment on the floor and there's like one desk. There isn't even any shelving. There's nothing on the walls or anything. It's just Davo. He's got like um, the very classical Chinese takeaway with the chopsticks in like the little carton. He's sitting on a cushion on the ground. And he's like slurping noodles into his mouth. Uh, nothing yet. Did Sherman show up? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't seen Sherman. Maybe he doesn't know that this is a second level. I'll ask the people who run the, the takeaway. Thank you. Ernest crosses his hands like, okay, well, that goes my talking point. Uh, I was going to get Sherman what? to come over. Oh, okay. What do you have Davo working on at the moment? Davo is listening out for the voice we heard at the radio station. Mm-hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, when I was... In the desert, there was a radio station there. There was, was, was there's a satellite broadcasting a signal, and oh, okay, it's it's led me to believe that there are voices trying to come through from other dimensions, and that gets caught up on the radio station. And I think we experienced one of those voices 
coming through. I don't know if it's the same thing. But there's a possibility that you're saying that whatever you found in the desert might have been what we heard. It's a possibility, but I also formed a connection with the body of that creature and it wasn't the type of thing to do that. Although it had been oh. there for decades, so I know if it's changed at all. But okay. from what we know, it was trying to help us. And that doesn't seem like... Except for the one time that it tried to kill us. By the way, um, I may have to leave you to it in a few days. Yeah? Yeah, apparently there's stuff going on at Tear and they're not very happy that I'm not back there. So I Yeah, because you're not yet. supposed to be here. Not really. I mean, yeah, not really. Yeah, and you said you you were going to explain the gun to me, which I don't exactly understand what needs to be explained. You had a gun. Oh, sure. I don't know. I don't, are you not supposed to have a gun? Is that, like, not part of your role at Tear? Alistair, um, like, balls up the foil that the burrito is in, chucks it to the side and, like, wipes his hands on a serviette and is like, okay. So, pulls out his jacket, pulls out his 9mm, puts it on the table. This is my gun. This is... The one that I'm legally allowed to carry because I work for Tear. What you saw is something that I found. Uh, it's a long story, but I, I wasn't really supposed to find it, but I, I did. I picked it up and then it disappeared. Like I didn't drop it. It was just gone. And then I had a meeting and apparently it's something quite important. Um, but... I don't know where it is. It's just gone. Mm. And I've been trying to find it. I've been trying to research and figure out what it might be or where it went. Uh, then the other day with Gordy, it just appeared, I think because I was in danger and it was trying to shoot him, I think. Um, it was trying. Yeah. Like it It has its own, uh, it's it's more than just a gun. Like it, it's got some kind of, I don't want to say intelligent, but it's not just an inanimate object. I think it was trying to protect me. At this point, there is a small knock on the door, just a light tap. <laughs> Ernest immediately crosses his legs, pulls himself over to the desk, folds his hands, leans back, like, has to get the door. No, it's like leans like, and then just like, his eyes open wide in like fear and he looks at the takeaway wrappers and Alistair nods and like in a fluid movement <laughs> tucks them under his arm and pushes them into a drawer and puts them into a drawer Ernest closes the door Alistair stands up brushes his jacket down opens the door good evening alright make a roll for me that's an 8 with an 8 you can add your paranormal knowledge to this that gives me a 10 then you look out into the empty hallway uh, and you pause for a moment, you kind of narrow your eyes. As soon as he sees the narrow hallway, he's like, widens his stance, brings his arms up into fists, looks at Ernest. Why, why are you doing what? There's no one there. And then looks back out. Uh, this is at the moment your training kicks in and you hear Heath's voice in your head. Evident ghosts, always look up. Elster slowly like panning from the edge of the floor up to the bottom of the window, top of the window, corner of the hallway and then looks up like on top of the door frame in so that you are standing in you can see three porcelain gnomes on their plinths but like flattened to the wall in poses and oh like, damn it Ernest it's the gnomes ah I thought Alistair, it was I thought it was business Alistair drops drops his pose and he just stands like hands on hips like like a mother like Disciplining the child is like, all right, what do you want? 
Ernest goes to pick up the oldest one, which is clearly Norbert, and just like starts to walk into his office with it. And hand me. He puts him on the desk and like sits down in his chair. Undignified. Alistair just stands and leaves the door open, waiting for the other two to like undisguise themselves and walks in like come on they like ninja jump off and they like start uh casing the room because they're like obviously norbert's security closes the door my man my dude as you picked up norbert uh this porcelain perfect gnome uh just a stereotypical like blue overalled white shirted red capped uh garden gnome uh, shimmers and the, sort of disappears and reveals behind the glimmer a very strange little creature. He's still about the same size of a typical garden gnome, about the size of kind of a large child's doll. Um, skinny, he's uh, humanoid, his hands and his feet are very large and spindly. He his looks skin like Dobby's house elf. Yeah, a little bit. His skin is, is kind of a, uh, a, a blue-grey with wispy white hair and beard, very kind of red big red eyes Uh, he does actually wear a like a soft cloth cap that is of a very uh dull red and his clothes are very kind of they're made of spider silk and these sort of things he's very whimsical little character but you can see that his clothes whereas before they were sort of almost robe type um toga things he now looks like he's wearing almost like a military dress jacket and these sort of things. You can see like medals sewn into the fabric and things. But are they like woolen? Like yeah, they're... yeah. No, the entire thing is made out of the same fabric. He like shakes himself down and goes, no respect for the supreme leader. Alistair sits down in the other chair and puts his legs like crossed up on the desk, gets his chocolate milk out again. Supreme leader. Uh, I'm guessing the communist, I mean, communist stuff worked out. Ah, shmommunism. Yes, it worked out uh, quite well on the whole. No issues to report. Um, it's good, it's good. It is good. It's very good. I am very happy. Ernest, like, looks over to Alistair and is like, does that remind you of anyone? Now. It's all good. It's all good. I'm very happy. Anyway, <laughs> like, very implying. <laughs> Mare's turn. <laughs> uh, 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 eyes to... down here, hugelings. Yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Sorry. I have work for you. Yes. It is time you repaid your debt to the people of... No, my God. The people of Nomengard. Look, debt. We don't. We're not going to fight in another revolution for wait, you. Okay. Wait, no. This is not a revolution. This is a war. You owe us wait. a debt. <laughs> yeah, hang on a minute. We fought no, in no, your no. war. You were included into our glorious revolution as a peace treaty between hugelings and gnomes. Therefore, there is no debt on the other side. Therefore, and we you are responsible for the our side of you the deal. You are responsible for the killing of many no, noble families in the no, Nomengard history. You killed what? We didn't kill anyone. We didn't kill the anyone. overthrowing and the subsequent um, imprisonment and execution of many noble families was directly related to your involvement. I, well, I technically I didn't do have anything. Have you I killed people? Define people. Gnomes. Yes. Alistair, what did you think was going to happen when they moved to communism? You think it was going to be all sunshine? I'm sorry. I'd hoped that it was going to be a peaceful revolution. <laughs> oh, Nobody like, got hurt when like we were there. Like all of our kind examples? Of. Anyway. A couple of scrapes. None of that is important. Yes. Oh, man. Our utopia is now threatened by a new menace. Yep. We well, need so your this help. Time, democracy? No. It is them. Ah, racism. Ah, race. Okay, listen. Technically, that's othering, not racism. What you need to understand, okay, is that racism is a derivative of fear which comes out of a lack of understanding. If anything, this is speciesism. If other species... 
That's different. Species. That's okay. Okay. Anyway, so you've got you... you've got mole. Like are it's like... the vegetable men. Right. It's the pumpkin boys. The orange one. <laughs> Sorry, what? What? Ah, uh, Alistair takes takes his stupid. feet off the desk and leans forward. Sorry, what? Brendan, Brendan. He's gesturing and one of the gnomes like hops up on the table. It's like, I need paper. Give me, give Brendan paper and a pen. Alistair <laughs> gives him paper right. and a pencil. Brendan, come on. Do, do, do me a sketch. Show them the menace. <laughs> Brendan starts uh, like. Brendan, hard- Brendan, bust a move. <laughs> Interpretive starts, dance. Brendan starts hurriedly like trying to sketch with a pen that's way too big for him. It's like, it's like a, a big pole in his hand and he's trying to sketch out and he basically draws a pumpkin. And then, like a weird, chubby, almost like teddy bear body connected to the pumpkin. It's not very good. And Norbert's like, no, that your perception's that's all right. right. It's, that's enough. And this is getting out one of those pens that, like, you click out the lead. He clicks out a little bit, breaks it off, and hands in the little, like, extension of lead. So he, like, like starts one. doing, like, uh, hatch shading. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is better. This is the enemy. Norbert. This is the m- malicious vegetable. If you were lying to us, Oh, we'll, what? We'll You're going to ma- pull that face? You're going to point fingers at me? I can buy and sell you, little man! Well, are you lying? We'll make you no. into a burrito. Good. I don't know what that is. Oh, you will. Ernest. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> sorry, he died. Uh, sorry, I was thinking out loud again. Uh, Norbert. This is why Norbert. your civilization will wither. Look, you're probably not wrong. Here is the basics. You know him as well? The orange ones, they... <laughs> 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 they are invading our cities, our tunnels, our farms. They're taking over everything, and we cannot kill them very effectively. They just keep coming. You kill down one, and more grow. Anyway, they are forcing into our territory. They are forcing us out. If we cannot push them back and keep them out of our land, they will force us back into the human world, and we will start tearing up houses and breaking things and stealing stuff again, which you last time said was not good, so this time you owe us. Ernest has stepped... To not do more things you don't like. <laughs> Ernest has stepped up from his um, office. To describe it, it has actually improved a little bit. There's less cardboard boxes to sit on. And it looks like he's just been on Gumtree. Alistair actually has stuff. a chair now. Alistair has a chair. There's like a side desk on the side with some books on it. And there is an old-fashioned like drawer for uh, files. And he opens it and there's like two things in there. And he rummages through the things and pulls out a print, like a printed picture. Yeah. And he looks at it and moves over and hands it to Alistair. And you see it's been printed off at like a big W or something. And he looks at it. It is a picture of Randy, Nancy, and Gina. Randy's posing. Nancy's like face in her hand. Standing on like a pile of like smashed pumpkins. As dated for like a year ago. As like in, hand, in Randy's handwriting, the Great Pumpkin War. <laughs> Ernest will like show it to everyone. It's like, is this what you mean? Like, mm. I thought that was just like. It was only the beginning. Issues. That battle only spread the seeds to the rest of the woods. So when now did they the, grow wild, they when, grow free, when did and this, they grow strong. When, thank you. When did this start happening? Six months ago. And it's just been getting progressively worse. They have been worse. slowly encroaching upon our land. Hmm. Wait, now so, they are in our tunnels, in our cities. So they started affecting you six months ago, or they appeared six months no, ago? No, no, they've been around as, for yeah. a while, and we were like, hey, orange things, pumpkin ah. boys, whatever. 
And they were like... That's cool, I guess. And they were like... Because they don't talk. They don't speak. So we tried to communicate with them to see if we could build an alliance to take yeah, down the huge... Yeah, we can't talk to them. That is an offensive voice. Alistair, please. That, that was his psychic. <laughs> no, it's an offensive voice, Alistair Stern, and I will not forget it. You mock me. Alistair, I think you're putting us more into their debt. Anyway, we tried to communicate. Also, we're not in their debt. Well, they just oh, grin no, with no. their stupid faces and eyes. And then they just follow us home and we shoo them out with the broom and they come back. <laughs> they have no sense. So they have eyes. You cut them down mm. and they just keep trying to, like, move. Interesting. Interesting. They have eyes. They have no fear. They are monsters. Cursed creatures. This sounds like... I'm just, I'm just imagining. They are living plants. That's the point. Cursed living plant. Very clearly, I need you to come and smash some pumpkins. Are you going to pay us? No. Okay, let's go. Alistair, come get on my bike. I will spread the word of your, what is this? The Watchman is like. Agency. Yes, Watchman Agency. Pest control. Anti-pesto. Alistair picks up the gun that he's very I will tell all the gnomes of this. The gnomes hadn't noticed. Puts it into the side holster. And then, like. Starts preparing himself, you know, getting all the stuff ready, slicking his hair, all the things. He's like, all right. Uh, gnomes, go way to the bike. It's the bright yellow one. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. Down that way. Fine. Alistair opens the, the window for them. Uh, Hugo, come. We smash cut to you two on the motorbike. I'm assuming both of you on the motorbike. The gnomes uh, in a little basket on the, the front. The gnomes in the basket on the front. Both of you are wearing goggles. Uh, and it's yep. just like... A solid 10 seconds of just... <laughs> with the two of you just staring into the camera. Smash cut again to you in the woods. You are just down the road from uh, the house where you first encountered the gnomes. You are at the end of the street where it turns into a gravel sort of turning circle because it's a dead end street. Uh, and it's here that the gnomes kind of tell you to, to pull off and they begin leading you into the woods um, out behind this lady's house because they no longer use the uh, entrance through the well. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this part of the show, which is where I interrupt the episode to tell you about the Dark Tides Patreon. If you weren't aware, we have a whole bunch of bonus content, including exclusive episodes, behind-the-scenes episodes, and even two completely separate audio shows. So if you head over to patreon.com slash darktides, you can have a look at some of the stuff that we have to offer. If you do like what we do here at Dark Tides and you want to hear more from us, or you want to get a little peek behind the curtain and see how these episodes are made, then you can find that on the Dark Tides Patreon. Yes. Okay. That's all that I was going to say. Goodbye. Enjoy the show. You emerge into a slight, a slight clearing in um, the forest, and Norbert gestures to sort of a small mound, uh, like a small hillock, uh, and you see what you, Ernest, would recognise as being um, like fox holes or even mm-hmm. rabbit holes, wombat holes, little tunnels dug into the the hillock. They look to you, even though you know that these must be an entrance to the the gnome town, gnome cities. They look perfectly natural as just animal dens. But you can see now that the entire hillock, and in fact a lot of the surrounding forest, 
uh, is full of the wide-leafed creepers of pumpkin plants. And some of the plants are actually growing down into these little uh, animal den holes. See? They infest everything! Wow, this is this is a big-scale problem you've got here. It goes for, for paddocks and paddocks. Yeah, um... Norbert. Yes. Can't you eat them? Um... Couldn't it be a source of nutrition for you? That's true. We they don't are pumpkins, really like right? vegetables that much. And also, no, they're not very good for eating. So you tried. I'm not going to say that we maybe took some prisoner and saw what we could do with them. It kind of breaks... I mean, if we had done that, if, which we didn't, but if, that would have the broken... Shmumminess Geneva, Geneva Convention. There would have been some, some codes that were broken that would result in backlash and all these other things. Look, I've got some other things That's going on. Fine, we not. We don't care about your codes. Great. Okay, so what do you want us to do? Exactly? I don't know, kill them. <laughs> Why don't you do Look, it? Just... They've you been have growing an army, don't you? From... Yeah, just do your gnome army war I know thing we're again. professionals, but I know how much you guys love to fight things. We are a peaceful people. You take that back. <laughs> Every time I've interacted with you, it has been due to something like this. Fine. You want to see what I'm talking about? You come with me. He starts uh, burrowing into one of the, the larger holes. You're going to have to bring it up. I can't go down. No, you have to come. Uh, You'd have to like, get on your stomach and crawl. crawling. <laughs> okay. All right, we wriggle our way in. It's only a meter or two uh, of dirt before it widens out, and you can see now it's more like little little stone paths um, and reinforced walls and things. As you go, it kind of becomes a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until you're kind of either crawling or crouching. You emerge quickly into a small town centre and you can see that there are many branching off tunnels uh, that lead to homes and other things. But you can see that the entirety of this centre is being taken up now with uh, vines and leaves. There are Ooh. gnomes in just sort of shirt sleeves and aprons like clearly every day. Uh, citizens of the town are trying to cut the leaves back and you watch as one of them cuts through one of the vines with a small little kind of a little bit like an axe he cuts it and starts to crumple it up and drag it away but before he's fully gone it's beginning to regrow again okay um and you see, see they infest everything question could you move no Okay. Why would we have to move our towns and cities for an invasive plant species well, I mean, we were a- here first yeah, but it's still here. As you come, as you kind of inspect it, make some. Actually, both of you can make some uh, inspections on the leaves. Um. Okay. I'll just make. I'll start with just a standard one. Oh, that's a nine. Eleven. Uh. All right. Between the two of you, you can tell pretty well this is not how this kind of plant would normally grow. This is definitely has some telltale supernatural signs. Alistair, with your background, you would either gonna... find this to be this is either not a pumpkin plant at all, and some kind of very bizarre creeper. Um that grows incredibly fast or possibly this is some form of black magic or something that is forcing a normal plant to do something it shouldn't normally be doing i don't know if this is a paranormal knowledge or if this is a separate thing i want to access the tier records because i imagine i have access to like their data as a researcher you'll have access to the digitalized versions which is maybe a quarter of their full catalog because they are only now working on trying to get everything digitalized and there is a lot so you can make a roll uh okay I would is say that with advantage, or is it just a straight paranormal knowledge? Let's make it a straight paranormal knowledge. Something good. Six, which is an eight. One of the things that is often targeted when there is malicious use of magics, yeah. and magics is sort of a, a very, very loose term in tier operatives because it kind of is a coverall for things that you don't understand. Yeah. Um, historically, is very often used to maliciously. Uh, 
disrupt agriculture as a way of undermining rulers and authorities okay. and townships or to punish peoples for uh, some kind of transgression against communists. Uh, is there anything there about how to stop it or how this kind of thing has um, been? In just about all cases, it would be the righting of a wrong, or it would be the uh, an act of penance of some kind against whoever was offended and cast the curse as such. Or just asking the person who cast the curse to not do it anymore. Basically. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen plants like this. I don't know if they're like supernatural Alice is going to sit down and... alien. They could be aliens. So, from what I can gather mm-hmm. uh this could be either some crazy species of plant that mm-hmm. we don't know about or mm-hmm. what is more likely in terms of historically the case the records i can find their plants being manipulated by someone most likely as a punishment or a revenge on the gnome people so mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's like a disgruntled gnome who's somehow... manipulated well i mean i don't that could refer to anything but somebody has tampered with the plants in some kind of fancy teleporting to no, I think way. we have offended no one usually if you have offended someone and they are punishing you they make it pretty clear so that you offended them and they are responsible it's kind of a power trip thing wait do you hear that both of you roll for me i don't know do we no, Alistair doesn't Ten. hear anything. All right, Alistair is too busy. Uh, at Ernest, you hear the ringing of a bell from outside. We are under attack. <laughs> it's like this really nice little cat. cat yeah, it's like a, it's a cat bell. That is the lookout. We're under attack. Norbert dashes into a tunnel and he starts yelling for guards. And you can see they very quickly start mobilizing and uh, gnomes start trooping out. Some of them are like carrying uh, wooden spoons, like human-sized wooden spoons and things <laughs> as weapons. Others have got sticks. Some have a few sharpened like tool, gardening tools and things. Alistair and Ernest are just kind of like, you know, like you're holding your yeah. arms up when children are running around. Uh, you can hear bells ringing and tiny trumpets blaring as... <laughs> As the gnomes are like uh, gearing up and they are tramping out. <laughs> uh, you crawl after Death! them. Death! Pumpkin glory! You follow after them and you emerge out into the night uh, as dusk has kind of fallen. Uh, there's a little bit of mist coming Hoorah! off the mountain, off the sea. Uh, All the gnomes just go, hoorah! Hoorah! But like. Pumpkins or death! They are assembling themselves like rank and file on the hill, the mound that is uh, kind of the top of their little town. Pumpkin pie tonight, boys. <laughs> uh, <done>? through... <laughs> That's all my creativity gone. There we go. Aubrey, uh, take it away, oh please. My <laughs> Maestro. Uh, you can see in the trees the signal fires, like little flashing uh, torches to to alert the soldiers. And through the mist, you begin to see small shapes waddling as they begin to emerge <laughs> into like the torchlight held by the gnomes. Uh, you see them. They have the heads of pumpkins carved like jack-o'-lanterns with deep eyes, like hollow deep eyes and uh, grinning smiles but their, their bodies are basically just like 
sort of teddy bear anatomy. They're a little bit chubby. They're a little bit soft and round. Also made out of pumpkin. Also they... made out of pumpkin. They don't have fingers. They just have, have like mitts. Oh. They have the heads of pumpkins. The bodies of pumpkins. They're pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> and they begin. They're not. They're not marching. They're not in any order. They're just sort of waddling, waddling along, streaming in. It's like in shoulder ones and twos. first. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like jog a little bit. And um, Norbert, in his full battle regalia, raises his very small axe. He goes <laughs> for death and glory, for schmommunism, <laughs> for Nomengard. Charge! Uh, Alistair Battle ensues Alistair like is standing there with his hands on his hips he's looking at the pumpkin boys he's looking at the gnomes it's like little miniature battle I always wondered what it would be like to be like in a charge in a battle and then he just sprints. He just like he just runs up, jumping over the gnomes, moving forward, and then just like kicks one of the pumpkins and sends it flying. Pulls out his switchblades, like click. He's like, "Who's with me?" And just starts stabbing, slashing. He's kicking. He's like throwing pumpkins into gnomes. He's like throwing gnomes into pumpkins. He's he's just yeah. like pinning them to trees, whacking them with logs. He's it really just... looks like an adult in a pumpkin field just kicking vegetables. <laughs> it just looks like just like a really angry kid. Like yeah. Uh, this is back at the entrance to Nomengard with his shoe stuck in the hole he was climbing through. <laughs> Alistair, can you get what? Alistair. Alistair. Ah, what? I'm busy fighting pumpkins. Pull, pulls his shoe out and like loses the shoe as just there of his socks. It's like trying to Die. pull the shoe out. He puts the shoe on and like surveys the scene. As you survey it, it is thoroughly underwhelming. Yeah. You're looking at uh, about 50 or 60 uh, really just autonomous vegetables waddling around and some very small people trying ineffectually to kill them. It's It's quite underwhelming. And Alice just looks like he's going to town, smashing pumpkins. Uh, I rolled. I've destroyed 17 pumpkins already. Okay. <laughs> and Alice puts his like hands on his hips. And it's like, okay, well, that goes the idea of doing a treaty or like anything like that. Um, just one waddles up to him and just like starts like pushing at his leg to try and get past him to the gnomon guard. And Alice leans down and like picks him up under the arms and lifts him up, looks at him. Oh. They're quite cute. They've got a, a certain appeal to them. They're a little bit chubby. The, the, the carved smile is kind of vacant and you, it's almost like a whistle of wind that goes through <laughs> the eyes and the mouth as it just stares at you. So it's soulless like, and, and emotionless. It's not like creepy jack-o'-lantern. It's, no. it's not creepy jack-o'-lantern. They're really just like puppets. Aww. They're kind of just a bit That's nice. odd. And smiles and then tucks it under his arm. Pat says, like, I shall name you Hemingway. Anyway, Alistair, stop killing them. They're cute. What? They're cute. Stop Stop it. Alistair's standing <sighs> in a, a circular field of mushed pumpkin <laughs> that he's created. <sighs> and he clicks his switchblades back, puts them back in his pocket, stands up, and he's like... <sighs> yeah, they are kind of cute. Alistair walks up to him and is like, I tried using my power thing. There's nothing going on in there. They're... they're soulless they are well i mean this one's quite cute i'm gonna pretend he has a soul but there's nothing going on you're fighting uh I'm basically fighting vegetables you're, you're fighting yeah you're fighting vegetables okay 
Um, Good calorie burn, though. Uh, nobody's, like, burn. trying valiantly to block the door with his body, but they're just pushing <laughs> They're just pushing past him, and now they're just, like, burrowing down to these guys. No! <laughs> the door is breached! I'm just imagining, like, Rugrats, how they walk in yeah, the Yeah, pretty much. Nomengard is lost! This is a dark day for Shmommianism. You can see some some injured gnomes How and stuff. How are they injured? Mostly from tripping over. <laughs> and in some instances, the pumpkin boys are like twice their size, really. They've just walked on them. They've just like fallen like fallen on them. They've, like actually, cut, just like they've been like smacked with a pumpkin as it's fallen on them. Hit each other accidentally with their sticks. Yeah, it's not an impressive sight. Okay, so um, fighting the vegetables is probably not necessary. No, Do no, we have no. a plan B? You can see that some of the, the pumpkins are beginning to just wander off again into the forest the way they came. Here's a thought. Pumpkins. They're not autonomous. Automata? They're not... Autonomous? Auto- autonomous, yes. They're not autonomous. Here's my guess. Yeah. And he t- takes Hemingway out from under his arm and like presents him to Alice. He's still holding him. He's like, this is Hemingway. Um, so- no, Alistair pats him. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, please get the guts of his brothers off your hands before you touch <laughs> oh, him. Sorry, sorry. Um, Let me just wipe that off. Okay, so I don't feel like fighting them is going to do anything. I don't know why they're coming back here anyway. Uh, and it's like puts Hemingway on the ground. It's like, mush Hemingway. <laughs> Hemingway starts like to off. A tap like on the back, and he just starts trotting. Like, we no, sh- no, we no. could follow the pumpkin. He starts. He starts going towards the <laughs> the no, and we like pick him up by the head, no, no, swap no, him no, around, no. push him. Go, go home, Hemingway. Go home. And just turns Hemingway over in his arms. Like, okay, so uh, letting him go isn't going to work. Uh, all right, pass him here. Mm. No, it's, it's fine. It's all right. Okay. I've cut up enough pumpkins today. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna have to clean my knives at some point, um, and then Alice they get, is they gonna get dry when, when when the juice is dry. It's all yeah. Like, anyway. I'm gonna have to like. Don't talk about pumpkin juices around my boy. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, Alice is gonna hold Hemingway up to his face and try and stare into his soul, and I want to roll investigation on where this <laughs> pumpkin came from. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's grass stains on his shins. It's, huh? a, it's a four. There's grass stains on his shins. It's a pumpkin. He doesn't have shins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you with a four. Ernest takes him from Alice and I was like, I don't like you being that close to him. Anyway. I'm just being puts, friendly. He puts him on the ground facing away from Norman <laughs> Gar. It's like, Marsh Hemingway, go. Alistair gives him a little push. Lead, lead us onwards. Uh, he begins to join a little trickle that seemed to be just heading off somewhere else. Ernest is keeping direct eye contact with him so he doesn't lose him in the crowd of, yeah. <laughs> pumpkin, of yeah. pumpkin boys. He waddles off. It takes a little while, so maybe like a 20-minute walk up a hill over the next little hill and into another little valley. Um, but when you reach the top of the hill, you can see down that there is a small clearing in this valley and a small house. It looks like a very ramshackled hut. Maybe it was once a hunting lodge or cabin or something before this piece of land was cut up into different farms. As you're looking down this little scene, you can see a curl of smoke coming from the chimney a light on. You can see little garden beds around this small rundown house. And that's when you begin to notice that more and more of the pumpkin boys are entering the clearing from all different directions. Uh, they're amassing their forces there, it seems, and more from behind you. And as you realise, some of these obviously have cuts and things in them from the battle, and you're you're beginning to clock to the fact, oh, these are the ones that went into Nomengard. They're now retreating as they're all making their way to the clearing below. One of them looks like that guy from uh, Walking Dead, like his head's just caved in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Bashed in the head by something. Sure. He's smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Taking it like a champ. (laughs) 
the ultimate super soldier. <laughs> Pumpkin boys. Erst peers into the, the clearing. It's like, they're, uh, they're raiding a house now. Okay. That's not good. It's not good. If okay. people find out about living pumpkins. Yeah. Well, people will what stop are the vegans going to do? Oh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Alistair's going to pull from his pocket a little bottle of Terps and a lighter. And he's like, backup plan. The pumpkins or the house? Um, I mean, I was thinking the pumpkins, but depends what happens. Well, I just never am able to really tell with you which which one comes first. Hey, man, I'm just ready. I'm just ready for any situation. It's good, yeah. Uh, well, let's go in and tell the person that their house is about to be raided by pumpkin boys. All right. How about you stay? You go in. Okay, you I'll stay st- with Hemingway. All right, I'll stay yeah, with Hemingway. You don't. He's I'm not, not going to burn him. And don't let him get lost in the crowd. If he goes in there, he ain't coming back. All right, and Alistair's going to find like a little daisy or something and tie it around the stalk at the top of the head. Okay. It's like, there we go. If we lose him, we know how to find him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Ernest is going to like run past the the uh, pumpkin boys and go and rap on the door. Yeah, you're kind of you're having to like step over and around. It actually gets quite difficult because there are more and more. Your best guess is hundreds, hundreds of pumpkin boys. <laughs> um, they're all a little different. Some of them have like warty noses and things, which are, like little growths on the sides of the pumpkins and things. They're not all identical. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Mm, uh, they're all very similar. Boys. As you knock on the door, make a quick perception check for me. 12. Oh, okay. With a, a 12, you stand on there. You're about to rap on the door and your eyes are sort of like focused from wide inwards and you realize that there is a sign on the door uh, <laughs> that says Madame Bovary's Freak Show. <laughs> and as you're like looking around, you can see that there are little signs all over the place that are like saying this way to the Freak Show and like you kind of then getting the sense, mm, mm, this looks like a really really trashy roadside attraction. I don't want to buy any candles, he thinks to himself. And as you're like looking at the, at the house, you're going, I don't know if this like ramshackled witch's hut look is intentional. I think it might just be like really hammed up. And as you knock on the door, um, there's like a murmur from inside, something clatters. And then uh, as the door is pulled open, there's like a, sw- uh, a swoosh of black velvet. And as you like step in and you're like looking at the stereotypical fairy tale witch, like hooked nose, wart, black cloak. And she says, welcome to Madame Bovary's freak show. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, Do you have a ticket? No. Ah, we'll be needing one of those. She like, wait, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Ah, yeah, come in, come in. She um, she like brings out and she's got like one of the like a little. She brings out a little box, a box um, for tickets that says like entry fee and it says like five dollars. It says ticket box and on the little, outside. Yeah, and she's got and she gives you a ticket and she's like waiting for you to hand over the money. And as uh, you can see inside, like the entire place looks like a fairy tale, like witches. Hut. Think um, just Disney. Just think Disney. Right. Um, uh, this is very nice. Um, there are pumpkins outside that are going to break into your house. There's a lot of them. And he like, opens the door a little bit more. He's like, see? Uh, yes. don't, don't mean to shock you or anything, but you should probably go. Ah, see, don't be alarmed. These are animatronics. They're part of the show that is clearly my freak show. These are the pumpkin freaks. Do you want to see some of the others? Here, boys. She, like, starts clapping. <laughs> and marching out of the house come, uh, like, lemon boys, 
Beetroot Boys, <laughs> <laughs> more and more, just little ones. Yeah. She goes, ah. Uh, or spelt with more and more Zs. Boys. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. I have also seen the inside of some of them. I, you sh- Sorry, I don't think there are animatronics. You did what? It wasn't me. The gnomes did. Not the gnomes. Hey, there, there aren't she gnomes. She like grabs you by the collar and she like slams you into the door and goes, what have you been doing to my pumpkins? It wasn't me. Like, it was the gnomes and wi- my friend. It wasn't my friend. No, it's... <laughs> Her witch's voice has like disappeared. She's like, <laughs> "Now you better listen here, Sonny." Okay, Urs is going to try and take hold of the situation with right. his linguistics. All right. Uh, do I have any bonus? Well, I have you my have sheet. proficiency, which means you get. I think it's a plus two. A sheet boy. Okay. Well, then I got a nine for linguistics. All right. What do you say that calms her down? Listen, listen, listen. Fabulous shop. Wonderful. I really like the idea. It's really great to see all these booming businesses in the uh, in Port Staples. I'm here because the uh, the pumpkin boys were encroaching on the the gnome's land, and I was hoping to kind of sort out like a uh, an agreement between the two, or like a peace treaty, so that the gnomes could keep their land, and the pumpkin boys the it wouldn't have to come to a fight. But the uh, the gnomes didn't uh, quite we didn't quite get to that, so there was a bit of a fight, which has like- now ended with the gnomes being defeated but she um, drops you she wasn't really holding like holding you up but she like drops your clothes and steps back and she goes so you're not a customer you're uh, one of those busy bodies who knows all the things and the ins and outs yeah uh, yep well what the pumpkin boys do on their own time is uh not really my business but they are, they are your pumpkin boys oh yeah they're mine they're your pumpkin well lines. they weren't they're not my pumpkins but <laughs> i pumpkin created boys, them <laughs> They're not your pumpkins? Uh, no, they were Mark Pottsfield's pumpkins, and then I turned them into pumpkin boys, and now they're mine. I mean, technically, they're still his, and they're his responsibility, really. I mean, they just sort of come back to me. But that would be because he's trying to burn them down. Wait, what? Who's Mark Pottsfield? Who are you? <sighs> All right. These are your pumpkin boys? <laughs> they're Mark's pumpkin boys. All right. Who owns the pumpkin boy? She like, like. I need to talk to the manager. She's like, oh, she like. She's like. Uh, as you look over, she's like got her smartphone out. And she's <laughs> like, you're breaking the illusion quite a bit. Um, well, look, you obviously know that it's not an illusion. So why would I try and? You could keep the voice. I'm a modern gnomes. witch. I'm allowed to have a phone. God. As she like starts put taking out a cigarette and putting it in her mouth. <laughs> it's like, look, kid. <sighs> It just comes down to Pops business. Out cigarette. It's an e-cigarette. <laughs> it's like watermelon flavor. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to quit. Shut up. It's just business. Mark and I had an arrangement. He had some signs up at the front of his place that were advertising my roadside attraction. I know on the side of the road, he is. But, you know, trying to get good real estate around here is not that easy. Anyway, we had a deal. Mark was going to get a percentage of the profits because he was letting me advertise on his land. Mark took down the signs without telling me, mm. so I cursed his pumpkin patch and uh, turned them into pumpkin boys. Mark got uh, a little cranky about that and shooed them all off into the woods and tried to, like, um, burn down the pumpkin patch, so I sent the pumpkin boys back. We've been having a back and forth of these sort of issues. Well, uh, apparently Mark is now just setting fire to everything he can. Ah. Uh. That's why they're all here. They're here sheltering from the fire. Ernest like looks out the window, expecting to see a fire. You can see see some smoke in the distance. Oh, okay. Roll for me. Am I going to see Alistair? Ten. Uh, You you see Alistair um, 
ringing the house in terps. <laughs> it's like he's like, clearly setting up like a like a firewall to stop the pump because he thinks this. He still thinks they're taking down the house. And he's like, you can tell he's going to light this thing pretty soon. <laughs> uh, does the witch see this too? Uh, she she'll have to roll. I guess for she's, that. Roll she's for focused it. on me though. So. Uh, five. She's like, what's that smell? <laughs> Nothing, it's the pumpkin boys. Uh, and I was going to pull up a chair and like sit down across from her. I was like, okay, um, well, we'll get on to the, the burning bee in a second, but what can we do? The gnomes, their land's being invaded. Like, uh, that's my my responsibilities to them. Look, gnomes are just above possums in terms of being a pest. No one really cares. I care. I don't. Well, that's no. I mean, it's not really your job. It's my job. It's not my job to care, so I'm not going to. Yeah, that's why I said. Besides, the pumpkin boys are not mine. They're Mark's pumpkins. The curse is mine, but the curse yeah. is to punish him for cheating me out of customers by taking down my signs. Okay, so, and you said Mark's burning stuff. Yeah. What if I go talk to Mark? What if I talk to Mark, get him to put the signs back up? Mark is not the most reasonable guy. If you could get him to put the signs back up, I'd take the pumpkin boys back. I'd take the curse off. I can reason with them. Or some of them. But So you're saying if I can talk to Mark, you can pull them away from the, the gnomes? Yeah. I mean, in theory, I've never... Look, the spell got a little bit out of hand. It wasn't supposed to be this many, and they kind of are multiplying. Uh, I don't I know can... how that works. I don't really... No. Um... <laughs> In theory, yeah. That's enough to go on for now. Where are these fires? She, like, sticks her head out the window. We go, that way. Mark's farm's down there. He's going to be back burning probably all across this way from from his farm, which is down that way, all the way up to that hill. That's most of his land. And you can see where she's gesturing. That includes the land that the gnomes live on. Oh, no. Out behind the houses. Like, (laughs) this farm would kind of, his land would encompass a lot of the back of these properties at which the gnomes are sort of in that same area. Uh, okay, I'll be back in a minute. I mean, end. I guess technically he's allowed to do that, <laughs> but it doesn't seem safe. <laughs> and, like, closing as he goes. Hey, well, tell your friends! Okay, you see Alistair, as you're running out the door, you see him, like, the last couple of drops of the turps. He throws it over his shoulder, pulls his lighter out, and is Alistair, trying Alistair, to no, light... No, 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 Hey, what's up? And he no, looks no, up, no, like, no more perfectly framed with the lighter, like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> and, like, Hemingworth is on your back, like, walking yeah, yeah, up yeah. the flame. It's like, no, no, no. Okay, uh, problem. So, the, uh, the Farmer, uh, Mark Pottsfield of Pottsfield Farm. Do I need He's, to do I need to light the firing? Because no, I got a firing ready to go. No, we already have it's a ring of fire. Spectacular. We already have a ring of fire. Uh, it's what? not. Uh, Mark Pottsfield is back burning, and that includes the land that the gnomes live on to try and get rid of the pumpkin boys. This witch is she's a witch. She's a witch. Yeah, she's yeah she's a witch. Um, she made she made this. Um, she's like stepping the door. Hey, who's that? <laughs> oh, so they're uh, her pumpkin. They're boys. her pumpkin boys. Alistair hides the lighter. Hi, what are my you name's two Alistair. Doing? I'm his friend. This is private property if you're not a customer you should get out I'm, we'll be going in a second i'm uh, with him so so we uh bloody tourists i'm gonna go talk to mark i'm gonna try and get him to turn off the, the fire turn off the fires stop the fires or something like that you know switch them off turn off the gas uh you need to go and warn the gnomes because the, fire, the fire is coming for them is the fire right. bring them here i'm gonna go talk to mark try and get him to i don't is know is she gonna be okay if i fire? bring gnomes to her house she will be she better be all right i'll talk to her about it Later, and he's just going to start like tearing off into the distance. Alistair, like, he picks up the Terps bottle, um, hides it in a bush, and he's like, don't smoke out here for a couple hours, bye! And then is going to sprint back to the gnome village as quick as he can. Alistair has sprinted back over the hill down to the next valley. Back With Hemingway, to... like, holding onto my shoulders. Yeah, it's like a Yoda training 
opening scene. Yeah. Um, and you've made it back to the the hillock that is Gnome and Guard. As you get there, you can see that the gnomes are sort of forlornly uh, trying to clean up the smashed pumpkins. Um, they're gathering them into piles. You can see there's still quite a few pumpkin boys around. They're sort of dawdling. Some of them are heading in the direction of the witch's village. It seems like her magic that controls them has kind of just run wild. It's gone okay. a bit overboard, and she doesn't have the most control over them. Yeah, so okay. since she knows that the fires are coming, she's been recalling them to kind of save them from the fires so that she can then just send them back to bother Mark. But she isn't gathering up all of them by any means. Her magic doesn't seem to go that far out. Uh, Norbert is sort of resting on the top of the mound, and he says to you, Look, I just don't know what Norbert. to believe. <laughs> you reclaimed the city, maybe, but Norbert. they're Norbert. still all Shush. over the Stop place. Stop talking. Just shut your little known face for a second. Uh, I'm sorry if that was offensive. I would like to roll for fire sense, I mean, no, gnome sense, face please. is the correct term. What are you rolling for? Roll for fire sense. Nine. How close do I perceive the fires to be? Hard to tell how fast it's moving, but they are probably, I would say, 200 metres out. Okay. It's sort of like a grass backburn type of thing. It's moving fairly fast through what is undergrowth and stuff. Okay. It doesn't look very well controlled either. This oh, looks no. like the sort of thing that uh, is probably not allowed, not really illegal. Okay. It is spring, not summer, but normally, you know, you might but have still to have a fire rules. crew that's got to be, yeah. like, surveying stuff and this. Okay, okay. Uh, hey, Norbert, uh, do you have, like, fire emergency protocols here at Norman Guard? Uh, fires are not that common. We kind of just take the general oh, forest no. woodland creature approach and we run or we just burrow deep and hope for the best okay i think it's time to run there's a fire there's a mm. out of control wildfire on the way i know you've had some dealings with the pumpkin boys i promise this is this is next level this will destroy your city in about 10 minutes if you don't get everyone out of here yeah schlennon wouldn't have any uh wouldn't be able to deal with this, would he? Oh, now this will this will this will get me in good oh, for the next turn. There's always infighting. However, you, all right, evacuation. However, you evacuation. Leverage. Fire, panic, run. Yep, great, cool. That works. People just start screaming. Uh, they're running around. Uh, Norbert, Norbert is just like gesturing wildly. He's running down. Like, no, into no, the this town. way. Get them to run that way. He's there's just a... ringing bells, and you can Norbert, see. Norbert, shut up. People are starting to stream out. Can I roll? Can I roll like a? I don't know if it's intimidation or just like shut roll, up. No, yeah, you can roll like a charisma check. Okay, it'd be like a silver tongue type of thing. Okay, that's a nine. Yeah. Okay, your base roll is a nine. We'll say it's probably a ten with. Okay. Your intimidation <laughs> abilities. Everybody, shut up! <laughs> just like stop moving. <laughs> yeah, you can see that they're all got like white caps over their heads. They've got bundles on their backs. Some of them are pulling little carts. They're all going different ways. <laughs> they're going different directions. <laughs> Listen. That way is a fire that's going to be here in like 15 minutes. That way is a road. Do not run that way. That way, there's a little uh, forest fake looking thing. I'm pretty sure the moss was painted on, actually. It's like a witch's hut. She's friendly. She did create the pumpkin boys. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, the pumpkin boys are not your enemy. The pumpkin mm. boys... Seems unlikely. The pumpkin boys are not your enemy. The fire is your enemy, and I reckon at that point, like, a tree explodes, and they're like... Yeah, you, you begin to see the ah. glow, and you can smell smoke, and they're like, ah, either we you, don't like this. Either you go to the witch's house, and we'll find somewhere for you to live, or you stay here and get burned alive. 
run! <laughs> All right, pointing, pointing um, off they in the start right direction. Panicked, running and screaming. The pumpkin boys are not paying very much attention to this. It has to be said. Okay, uh, they're sort of just milling around. But there is now think uh, Lord of the Rings evacuating yeah. uh, from Rohan. <laughs> These sort of streams of people. <laughs> Uh, disappearing of their carts and, and their... then Alistair's like after they all run off Alistair's like gently shooing the pumpkin boys like come on come on let's this sort way. of trotting come along on. it's really hurting cats you get a big stick come to on, try and boys. like come on. mush them in a line no, not that way to... no come, 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 come. alright make a vegetable roll a d20 twice uh, it's a nine ten yeah, you, you managed to round up about ten of them or so. Okay. Uh, you can see ones and twos that are slipping through, but you don't have time as the fire is getting closer. No! As you get, Pumpkin boys! Uh, they, don't, they don't seem to mind the fire. It doesn't seem to... In the same way that they didn't seem to mind gnomes hacking at them or you drop kicking them, they don't seem very phased by this. It's not like they're... Uh, conscious. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're kind of hurrying them up the hill and you can see the fire begin to sweep along and overtake the mound. And as you as you watch the fire creep over and rest for a little while, there is suddenly a vroom and a rush as fire like uh, starts to burn heavily out of the little tunnels and things. You're oh. going, whatever they had in there, maybe some, some gnomish wine, maybe some, I don't know, Lead paint. <laughs> there's, there's some stuff down there that's very flammable. Okay. Uh, all right. Alice is going to keep gently shooing the pumpkin boys and catch up to Norbert. And he's like, well, Norbert, I'm... Norbert is like standing on the top of the hill surveying the burning town. I'm sorry your home got destroyed today. This is... This is the end of, of Nobengard. The end of Nobengard 1? Yeah. Yeah. Shmoggyism all... will return! Uh, yeah, okay. Bigger, it's better, also the end... Stronger! The end of the pumpkin... Boys as as well. Sure. too. <laughs> I think I shall know. Sequel. Uh, no. sequel. No. Norbertism. <laughs> I shall refine it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You and do. They you will remember me. Yeah. Good for you, Norbert. We return to the witches' clearing, and the the pumpkin boys have all gathered around. Uh, it's the gnomes are like setting themselves up in tents and things, and she's like shooing them with a broom. She's like, "No, get out of here! I did not." I don't oh, care on, if you're refugees. On, I'll, I'll deal with this. Hi! Who are you? Hello. Oh, you're the boy who covered my lawn in terps. Sorry about that. I thought your house was under attack. I was, like, protecting you from oh, the Oh, yeah, that's what all boys. the hoodlums say. Yeah, I threw that brick yeah. to save your window. Yeah. I didn't break a window, did I? It wasn't me. I swear. I, wait, no, hang on. Well, I didn't... No, I didn't oh, do that. Of... So, Where's your little friend, the one who said he was going to go talk to Mark? Uh, I don't know... Um, Look, I'm not keeping back. all of these gnomes here. No, you don't have to keep them. We just can you just keep them for like a week? <laughs> just <laughs> no. no. Hear me out. No, just a there week. Are, how many are there? A few. Ernest comes trotting down the path down to her house. There's smoke everywhere. You've got ash <laughs> in your hair. <laughs> I can't believe this is legal. <laughs> I don't think it's she legal. Goes, it's not. I called the cops already. It's not legal. Oh great. Yeah. I have friends there. <laughs> how'd you How'd you go? Good. Oh, okay. Gnomes are here. For now. Is uh, is that all good with you, uh, witch lady? No. She said it would be fine. Not. Well, it's going to be. She said they could stay for a week. Well, it's going to be. And he's going to hold out a piece of paper and let it like unfurl. And it's like quite long, but it's still A4 wide. But it's like quite long. It's like, and he gestures at. I now have the deed for Pottsfield Farm. How what? did you manage that? And I talked to him. I made him see reason. Now. 
Did you like break his leg or something? Okay. No, that's a you thing to Where do. Where are you going with this? Pottsfield Farm is yours. On the uh, the condition that there's a, there's a lot of acreage that the pumpkin boys... It's a bit charred and, now. Yeah, well, it'll come back. That's how forests work. That the pumpkin boys, you won't you know, remove their curse. They're at least somewhat autonomous. But you will give the gnomes an area to rebuild. That's 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 the deal. I want that in writing. Norbert's in the back. Like, like, bigger, harder, faster, <laughs> stronger, Norbert. <laughs> she like takes a puff on the e-cigarette, little end lights up near. Yeah, I reckon we can work that out. Okay, we'll step into my office, and he's like leading her back into her house. <laughs> <laughs> we can work. You can we can work out all the details. All right, we we pan upwards to see. They're just a sea of pumpkin boys uh, and <laughs> sprinkled with gnomes, gnome refugees. I feel like the pumpkin boys are also now helping with the tents and playing with the gnome children. Uh, not really. Okay, They're not that. Mind. They're just standing like statues. Some people are They're like, more like cows. tents, like slinging tents hammocks between, between them. them. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of thing. They're more like Mungo still cows. walk away. Ah, my hammock. <laughs> no. Curse you, pumpkin boys. Pumpkin this, boy helps them up. This union will not work. Thank you. This union will not work. <laughs> Yes, we uh, we cut forwards in time. The papers have been signed. There is an agreement. Uh, Ernest and Alistair are walking back through fire-strewn ground. Uh, the the fire has petered itself out. Yep. Ernest is carrying uh, Hemingway under his arm. Yeah, you're yes. coming home with me. Yeah, you're stepping kind of around the ash. You can see that it didn't continue on much further than Nomengard. Ernest is holding him out like in front of him and like swaying him like he's walking. And I was like. I feel like every time he takes a step, like Trumpo music should play or something. Yeah, no, I definitely feel some trombone, trombone vibes. Well, that worked quite well. I, I think we did a good thing here today. <laughs> Surveying the burnt ground, the destroyed city. There's like an, a half, half burnt out pumpkin boy lying on the ground. Alistair averts his eyes from the pumpkin boy. <laughs> Alistair averts. It's like averts. crawling away like a zombie with oh, no legs. No. Ah. Alistair covers Hemingway's eyes. I think we did a good thing today. I thought that. Yeah. We have, since we've met, basically, have been trying to change each other. So from the start, I've been trying to make you less impulsive, less aggressive, and you've been trying to make me less cautious, less um, earnest. Yeah. <laughs> le- le- less <laughs> diplomatic and more go-getter type of thing. And I think that's because both of our ways work. And our problem is we didn't, like, I couldn't mm-hmm. have gotten, I just don't have the brute force and, like, make th- that many gnomes move. Mm. And you using brute force, like, I couldn't have talked the gnomes into abandoning their home. And I couldn't you, have got a deed to a yeah, farm. You couldn't, ha- you couldn't have forced your way into getting a legal farm, like, farm deed. How did you do that, by the way? No, you don't need that. Um, okay. So here's my, my thought. Moving forwards... Let's assess situations and tag team the approach. So, okay, we'll Quinn and Dexit as as like we'll Quinn and Dexit. Yeah, I don't really like to say that because they are younger than us, and it does feel yeah a bit weird. Like they also haven't joined a government agency and died, but you know, we'll Quinn and Dexit. I haven't joined a government agency. No, but you died. Yes, but the idea that. There are two valid approaches to situations. 
and we assess between us. Yeah, and we decide. It also could just be like, oh, last time we did this way, let's do it this time. A little tag team. He's like patting Hemingway. A little tag team. A little tag team. I reckon that's a good thing to try. All right. Do you hear sirens? As you were like stepping out of the trees uh, onto the road where you'd left the motorbike, you can see one of the Ranger Jeeps uh, squealing up the road with its siren on. As it like pulls off, it doesn't even really stop, it just pulls off the road into the dirt right to the edge of the trees. And you can see Brett is in the passenger seat, like clinging to the <laughs> clinging to the, the roof support while Gina is like jumping out while the car is still moving. Time to go. And she's like going, what the hell is happening? Yeah, what I did I, 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 like Alex just whips like, around dragging him away. No, no. So like Ernest like goes to like go into the situation and he like pulls him into a bush and he's like, there's a time for talking and there's a time for running. She's seen us! There's she no goes, point hiding! Ernest Marsh! Run! run. <laughs> we go. What did you do? <laughs> running like back through the through the forest. We gotta get to my motorbike. We gotta go. Uh, we started up and we scream out. <laughs> you can't hide, Ernest Marsh. I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs>